Welcome to Learning Curves, the show that gives you practical tools to help transform your life inside and out while navigating the learning curves of life. I'm Sarah Johnson, your certified self-care life coach, and today I'm sharing what the five pillars of self-care are. I know in the last episode we talked about real self-care, but today I felt like I wanted to break it down for you even more simply so that you can better decide for yourself what type and forms of self-care is needed for you in whatever season of life you're in. I know for a fact you've heard me say you can't take care of others until you truly care for yourself first. A constant practice of self-care not only allows us to feel happier, centered, more balanced, but the cool thing is it allows us the capability to fully share our unique gifts with the world and better care for our friends, our family, and the people that really mean the most to us because we're able to be more true to who we are. We're able to be our authentic self. And how we become our authentic self, how we begin to finding our finding us, like who we are, finding our truth, it starts with self-care. That's why I'm so big on this, you guys. Like truly, truly, it starts with self-care. I mentioned a little bit last episode, like where to, where to start, where to start in regards to your self-care if you're not sure where to start. I felt like I needed to break it down a little bit better for you. So I have five fundamental pillars of self-care, and it's a great way to begin building a rewarding practice of self-love that nourishes your mind, your body, and your spirit or your soul. It This type of self-care, when you do these five pillars, it will help you feel renewed, recharged, motivated, and even, dare I say, clear-minded throughout your week. When we have so much stuff going on and so many distractions, we often forget to take a step back, to pause. And oftentimes, we just feel like we want to stop, just give up on what we're doing and just we we have all these insecurities start coming forward. And it's just like, why? Why am I even doing this thing? But we forget the most important step and it's to pause. Just pause. You don't stop. You just pause and you rest and you recharge and you start rebuilding wherever you are at. So as I go through this list of what I believe are to be five essential pillars of self-care, I want you to ask yourself, some questions. At the end of every, I guess, topic that I share, I will prompt a question for you. But just think about what type of self-care you're needing more of in your life and then kind of self-reflect on the questions that I ask you. So I'm going to break them down one by one, but here are the five most important self-care pillars that I think are essential into your life and to truly like to help you be the best version of you. Number one, physical. Number two, intellectual. Number three, emotional. Number four, spiritual. And number five, social. Like I said, I'm going to break it down one by one. So I'm going to start with physical. This physical pillar of self-care really encompasses any process or activity that affects your physical well-being. Diets, exercise, sleep patterns. I always, always say sleep, and I'm going to share a story about that here in just a second, but our physical body is our temple, 
And it's absolutely crucial to set aside time to treat it with love, kindness, respect, devotion. And without healthy, nutritious foods or proper rest, your physical body is going to suffer. And it's going to try and communicate to you, showing you so many different symptoms. I've said this before in a previous episode, and I'll continue to say it. When your body has a physical response to something, whether it's a sore throat, canker sores, cold sores, a headache, your body is simply trying to tell you something. It's telling you to have more self-care, Where reevaluate, do some self-reflection. So this physical pillar of self-care extends into stress management, even sexual health. When was the last time you went to a medical visit or even a dentist visit? All of those have to do with physical self-care, limiting alcohol, caffeine, sugar, whatever it is, okay? Think about your physical self-care. My recommendation for this is to start small by focusing on something that is not so healthy, for you, a a habit that is not so healthy physically for you. Okay. Mine, I will tell you mine, 100% hands down soda. Okay. I love my Dr. Pepper through and through. And it's like the burn that feels so good. And it's so satisfying. I have told myself, I'm like, I actually don't need this caffeine. And I know that. And I truly don't need that caffeine. I have enough energy without caffeine as it is. So I know I don't need the caffeine, but it's like that burn and that satisfying, just that first gulp of soda that just feels so good. I know for my soda drinkers out there, I know you know what I'm talking about. So cutting out soda one week or even one day a week and just seeing how that is or promising yourself to turn off the TV or put your phone away an additional hour before you sleep so that you get more sleep. Another thing that I just have implemented was I had somebody recommend to me to sleep with a face mask at night because I'm such a light sleeper. I wake up to the light. I wake up to even the sun coming up and how it shifts. I wake up to beeping. Like I'm such a light sleeper. And as soon as I started sleeping with a face mask, my sleep started being deeper. And I woke up so refreshed and so renewed for the first time in a really long time. And it felt great. So go inward and evaluate what can you do of the sleep. So this is the, this is the question I want you to ask yourself. What is something realistic for me to do regarding physical self-care? Realistic. Can you add something? Can you take away something? What is something realistic for me to do regarding physical self-care? Number two, intellectual. This intellectual pillar of self-care refers to any practice that helps nourish your mind. Whether you enjoy reading learning to speak another language, listening to podcasts, actively engaging your brain in new projects, anything like that. It's an essential method of self-care. It also means having a positive mindset in your daily life, setting aside time to learn how your brain works, to learn how you can feel more confident and accomplished, to learn more things that ignite you that spark joy for you. So this educational learning, personal growth, self-development allows you to feel a sense of purpose and achievement 
because we're constantly moving in the direction of becoming the best version of ourselves. We're constantly growing and learning. I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but I was the type of student that hated homework. I hated learning so much, you guys, because somebody else was telling me what to learn and it never it never settled well in my brain. Like I, it just didn't. I didn't comprehend things well. I couldn't summarize things well. Honestly, I was not a super good student. I tried really hard, but I felt like I had to prove myself to other people constantly. And I realized it's because I'm learning things that aren't fun for me to learn. So learning should be fun. Learning should not be exhausting. Learning should be fun for you and bring a sense of excitement for you. So when it comes to this intellectual pillar of self-care, it you should not feel burdensome in any way. You shouldn't feel negative towards this something that you're learning. It should be exciting. It should be new. I recommend like signing up for a class that is out of your comfort zone, something photography, pottery, painting, dancing, whatever, something that is completely out of your comfort zone just to learn something new. But here's the thing. It has to be fun. It's got to be something that you've been looking forward to or something that you've been wanting to learn, but you haven't made time for. So that's the question I want you to ask yourself. What is something you'd like to learn, but you aren't making time for? Number three, emotional. The emotional pillar of self-care refers to healthy awareness and management of your emotions and stress. Any practice that nourishes your heart. So this can include consistently taking time to check in with yourself, really understanding your emotions. It and We don't take time to understand emotions. We take time to suppress and repress our emotions. And that doesn't give us enough space for that emotional self-care that we really need. We want to allow space to deeply fill, to process and release these emotions on our own terms in a non-judgmental and accepting manner. This emotional self-care extends beyond ourselves and includes recognizing that everyone around us has difficult emotions or that we're all we're all going through something. So we should strive to show others the same love, kindness, and compassion to everybody. But guess what? We also need to do that to ourselves. When was the last time you gave somebody a compliment and really meant it? Probably recently. But then when was the last time you complimented yourself? One way to practice this emotional self-care today, honestly, today would be go tell your, your significant other exactly how much they mean to you or why. And go do like a heart chakra meditation or something on YouTube. Just type it up, your heart, so that you can open up your heart more. And in another episode, I'll totally talk about chakras and everything like that. But I want you to ask yourself regarding this emotional pillar of self-care. What emotions have I been suppressing or repressing lately? And then I want you to schedule time to process them and feel them. Because it can be uncomfortable But these emotions actually are just energy in motion and they're just communicating to us. It's not who we are. It's just a feeling. So we don't need to take on that identity of the emotion. It's just something that's going to pass. 
It takes about 90 seconds for an emotion to pass, kind of like riding a wave, right? You ride a wave, it will take 90 seconds for it to crash. Can you ride the wave for 90 seconds? Can you ride that emotion for 90 seconds before it can like settle down? Think about that. Number four, spiritual. Ugh, honestly, this is one of my favorite ones. I love it, love it, love it so much. So the spiritual pillar of self-care includes anything that helps nourish your soul. It refers to beliefs or values or guides that you have in your lives. And I'm just going to say this right now, really quickly. If you hear pounding, it's because my children are dancing above me. And I did turn on a movie for them, but it is what it is. So they're having a party. They're dancing. I'm going to embrace it. So going back to this spiritual self-care, regardless of your personal belief system, spiritual self-care is a vital aspect of self-care that everyone, every single human being can embrace in their own way. It's the idea to me of investing in something bigger than ourselves and taking time to care for our souls, which our souls, if you aren't really familiar with that term, it's the very essence of our being. So we are made up of a body and spirit and together that makes up kind of our soul. So what can spiritual self-care look like? It's going to be different for every single person and We get to honor that spiritual self-care for every single person. We get to show them that love, that compassion, that kindness towards every person. So sometimes for me, um, exploring yoga or meditation or even visiting a place of worship each Sunday, all of that can be a spiritual practice or a form of spiritual practice. It can be prayer. It can just so many different things. It it depends on whatever your value or belief system is. What? Your what spirituality may mean to you can be different than what that spirituality means to me. However, it all encompasses the very essence of our being. It's taking time to care for our soul. That is what spirituality is. I just want to say, I know that this is an essential role in self-care because when we begin to have like a spiritual practice of some sort, we begin to extend gratitude for the blessings in our life. And we begin to appreciate the big picture of life as a whole instead of little things or we kind of let go of that thought that's like, oh, don't sweat the small stuff because we have a bigger perspective. We're able to see this bigger picture of life, of universe, of whatever it is because we have that spiritual practice and we get to extend that gratitude and we get to see those blessings. Like our minds are open, our hearts are open and it's open to something beyond yourself. And it's really beautiful. So daily spiritual practices truly do help us better understand our purpose. And they help me personally. I'm just going to say this for myself. It helps me to understand things that are way outside of my comprehension. I know that kind of sounds a little bit oxymoronic, but when I have a spiritual practice and when I'm doing it daily, I'm able to comprehend things in a way that I wouldn't otherwise. So this question I really want you to ask yourself is where are you at spiritually? Truly, where are you at? Do you feel disconnected to your soul or maybe even disconnected from God? Just think about that. 
Where are you at spiritually? And where, where do you even want to be spiritually? Number five, social. The social pillar of self-care refers to basically the people that you interact with on a regular basis, your support system, your inner circle of family, your friends, your colleagues, people that you work with. Because as social creatures, as humans, we kind of require a feeling of social belonging and acceptance. And that comes from building this network or building like a community of supportive and loving people. I'm going to just throw this out there really quick. Sometimes that supportive and loving people may not be your family and that's okay. As long as you have a family, as long as you have your tribe, whatever that tribe looks like, it can be beautiful. Having someone to turn to in times of need is a huge part of the social self-care because it really does allow you to connect with others on this deeper level and feel less alone when life gets overwhelming. We all vary slightly in relation to how much social interaction feels best for us. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'm really outgoing and then other times I just want to be with my family. And if somebody knocks on my door or if somebody shows up unexpectedly, I'm not happy about it because I just want to be home. I just want to rest at home. Kind of learn to understand what social interaction feels best for you. I will say if you're struggling with depression or anxiety or some other mental illness, which of course I have, if you're struggling with some sort of mental ailment, the social interaction that feels best for you right now is not going to be what is actually the best social interaction for you. Okay. You can think about that. That can, you evaluate, you know yourself better than anybody else, but all this to say, maintaining close ties with someone that is supportive for you and uplifting for you is going to help you essentially become a better version of yourself. This pillar also extends to essentially setting social boundaries or protecting yourself from draining social situations or toxic people whenever possible. It also extends into saying no or declining social invitations because your body is is actually requiring a different method of self-care. It can be a really positive thing for you, the social self-care, because you know people who you will feel belonging with and acceptance with, but then you'll also be more self-aware of who you need to protect yourself from. And not in a way that's like, oh, I'm not safe. It could be that, but just a way that's protecting your energy, saving your energy because you know, you know that there are people who drain your energy and it's not healthy for you to be around those people. And it will just cause you to kind of either spiral or just, you know, you'll take on their energy. So you want to be really careful when it comes to those types of social, social situations. In regards to this social pillar of self-care, I want you to ask yourself, who is your go-to person where you don't feel judged, you feel loved, you feel accepted, you feel belonging from them? And let me just say, it doesn't need to be your spouse. It does not need to be your mom or your sister, but someone that feels safe for you at all 
times, no matter what. Think about that. Who is that person for you? And then I want you to think about someone in your life that causes your energy to drain quickly when you're around them. Because we all have them. I just want you to self-reflect so that you can be more aware, so that you can kind of know what boundaries to put into place and know how better to protect your energy so that you can honor your self-care. After every little pillar I went through, I asked, I had you ask yourself a question and now is the time to take action. Kind of review those questions, review those thoughts and take action so that you can know what self-care you're needing, what self-care is actually going to be the best for you right now in the season that you're at. That self-care is going to look different for everybody. And that's what I really, really want to get across in regards to self-care is self-care is not a one-size-fits-all. It's not. Because guess what? We are all in a different season of life. We are all needing different things. We are all desiring different things. And some of us know who we are. Some of us are just beginning the process. Some of us have gone to therapy. Some of us have not gone to therapy. Like, we're all in a different place. And it really is this whole thought process all ties back to kind of my business from the very beginning. I had mentioned this about a diamond in the rough. So you are a diamond in the rough and with a little polishing, you will shine. Guess what that polishing is? That polishing I'm talking about is self-care. That polishing that I'm talking about is giving yourself the love and attention that you give to everybody else in your life. That is how you're going to find your diamond within because you're actually taking time for you. You're not rushing. You're not letting distraction get in the way. You're showing yourself the kindness, the sweetness, the love, the compassion, the security that you provide for everyone around you. I hope you loved today's episode. I love, love, love talking about self-care and I can be in a room and talk about it all day long, all day long. I won't do that to you today, but I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here and even sending the messages to me about how this podcast has helped you or even how the book has helped you. That's why I wrote it, you guys. That's why I'm doing this is to help just one person, just one person who may be feeling down or who may be feeling insecure, who may be feeling guilt or shame. Just one person who feels broken and who feels like they're, they're just ashes. They're just in a dark place, but there's always beauty within the ash. There's always growth that's taking place in the broken and you truly are a diamond in the rough. You just have to polish it. You just have to find it. So thank you for coming. And I love you guys so, 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 so much. And I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you guys. Bye.